AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your monday night raw post show for august 7th 2023 i'm your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys so very much for joining me on your monday nights wherever you may be already already My God, Jason Barker with a $100 super chat before we even open the goddamn doors. I'm in a good mood tonight. J.D. McDonough. The fake J.D., by the way. We all know he's the fake J.D., man. J.D. McDonough gets the ball rolling. J.D.'s in the beer garden tonight. O.T.S. for life. Jason Barker, my brother, thank you so very much. For hanging out with us and your generosity, man. Happy to have you here. Guys, I have taught you well. I have taught you well. If you've listened to this show for any extended period of time, you know what I'm about. I am unfiltered. I have an attitude. I feel like I am right all the time, which most of the case, I am. I'm not perfect, but I'm right the majority of the time. I know my shit, and I never bullshit you guys. I would never, and if I did, I wouldn't be here. I want to say, a lot of people think I'm a conspiracy theorist, honestly. They think I'm some conspiracy theorist. Oh, well, this McMahon is not in charge. I don't give a shit who you are. Vince McMahon is still in charge of WWE creative. I've already told you guys that he can't fully be back in charge because it would hinder the sale of the company. It would. Triple H is the figurehead of WWE creative. He's the chief content officer. We felt Triple H and what he could do for Monday Night Raw back last August, SummerSlam was his coming out party. We are basically one year in the Triple H administration. You saw the difference that Triple H made at SummerSlam. Everybody was excited. I enjoyed SummerSlam last year than I, more so than I did this year. You saw those shows, you saw those Raws on Monday following SummerSlam and going into September, you got the War Games build. You, you just felt, He felt that Vince McMahon wasn't really a burden on what Triple H was doing. And I don't want to harp on the same tune that I've been preaching about all year, but I want you guys to watch this show, and I want you guys to watch basically any other Monday Night Raw that you've seen recently. Before Vince McMahon went away for uh, (laughs) spinal surgery, whatever the fucking case may be. 
He's got the cops breathing down his neck. He wants to conveniently go away now for spinal surgery. Sure thing, guy. Sure thing. Triple H tonight was heavily involved with what happened on Raw. That is not the case every week. It's not. If you think that's the case, if you think Triple H is booking every show and you want to blame Triple H for everything and you want to blame Triple H for the women's division and you want to blame Triple H for the tag team titles and the lack thereof, you want to blame Triple H for shoddy booking and half-assed booking and no logic and inconsistent storylines and where's the build for this, where's the build for that, blah, 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 blah. If you want to go to the media scrums after these shows and be a fucking half-witted idiot with a microphone who's lucky to ask a question to this man and you want to blame him for everything that you've seen on television that you don't like just so that you look good in front of your fucking dopey friends, your half-witted idiot friends, all because you want social media clicks. Hey, guys, look, I asked Triple H a hard question. I'm going to blame him for everything. Don't be one of those people. Don't. Triple H is not fully in charge of anything. He's not. Never was. Triple H is a puppet. Vince is in charge. Triple H may do shit and tell you exactly what he wants on the show, but more times than not, maybe 25% of what Triple H actually wants to have happen makes it to the show and Vince is fucking changing this and changing that and reordering this and moving this there and moving this over here. Come on. Tonight was an indication that Triple H is the guy that we need for Monday night. Not a perfect show. It's still boring. It's still long. But Monday Night Raw tonight was absolutely more so Triple H than it was Vince McMahon. J.D., how do you know that? How do I know that? I mean, just watch the fucking show, man. Just watch the show. Look at what we did tonight. Payback is already set. One week after SummerSlam, Payback is already set. We're on August 7th, going on August 8th. Payback is until Labor Day weekend. WWE's got a whole month. If this was Vince McMahon... Payback wouldn't be built until two weeks from now, maybe in the final week. Triple H tonight gave you basically the entire payback card in one night because of story, because of consistency, because of, hey, we need direction. We need some organization on this show. Look at the payback card already. Based off what we got tonight, Payback is already filled from top to bottom. Shinsuke Nakamura in that main event, clearly he's got an agenda. We don't know what it is yet. I would prefer Nakamura not to be a heel. I even said so earlier in the show when he beat Bronson Reed. I I think Shinsuke Nakamura needs to be a babyface. But Shinsuke Nakamura teamed with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins in another formulaic generic main event for Monday Night Raw against the Judgment Day. But he turned on Rollins for absolutely no reason. Gave him a Kinshasa to end the show and walked away like he was proud of his work. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Seth Rollins sounds like a good match to me for the World's Heavyweight Championship. There you go. One match down. Would Vince have given that to you? Probably not. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez for all the geeks crying. Oh, Rhea didn't make it to SummerSlam. Where's the women's matches? They're getting their match. Why? 
because we've seen it now grow over two weeks and we have four weeks left to go. Raquel made her presence known tonight. No smiley Raquel, Raquel with a vendetta. So Rhea Ripley will be defending the Women's World Championship against Raquel Rodriguez. Two matches, two championship matches planned for payback set up on the Raw after SummerSlam. L.A. Knight versus The Miz. L.A. Knight, he's a SmackDown guy. I mean, normally I would complain, and it is kind of silly, and I'm going to call them out on that. How did he get on Raw? Why is he on Raw? Right? He's a SmackDown guy. But WWE set up L.A. Knight versus The Miz tonight. WWE draft rules be damned. He didn't have a visitor's pass or anything. I guess L.A. Knight does what he wants. But we got L.A. Knight versus The Miz set up for payback. Three matches. WWE also set up a number one contender for Gunther and the Intercontinental Championship right out of the gate on the Raw after SummerSlam. Chad Gable is the number one contender going up against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, which more than likely will take place at payback. Four matches. WWE also has Jimmy and Jay Uso possibly happening at the show based off what happened in the main event of SummerSlam. Five matches. WWE alluded that Dominic is not done with Cody Rhodes, which is kind of lame. I think Cody should have something a little bit more important to do at Payback. But Cody versus Dominic on a B-level pay-per-view. Six matches. Damian Priest alluded to that happening again tonight. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio could also be a thing. Don't know what we're doing with Cody if that's the case. But I'm going to leave it as Cody versus Dominic right now because we don't know what's happening with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Io Shirai or Io Sky, Bianca Belair, Asuka, Charlotte. Some mix-up of those women for the WWE Women's Championship coming off of SmackDown. Seven matches. WWE set up payback in one night tonight. But JD, that's only one instance. What else happened that you think Triple H was mainly in charge tonight and not Vince McMahon? We've seen cameos from Indy Hartwell, who has been a fucking ghost on this show. Candice LeRae, a ghost on this show, both in the Raquel program with Rhea Ripley, which potentially could be Triple H setting up those women to make a return to TV and maybe be opponents at some point for Raquel and that women's championship. They haven't made TV in months. Yet here they are out of nowhere on the SummerSlam following SummerSlam on Raw. So what happened there? Is that a Vince move? Probably not. Look at the opening match. Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, all vying for the Intercontinental title. Matt Riddle, Chad Gable, Fatal 4-Way. I mean, look at the fucking match. It looked like an NXT TakeOver match. It looked like an NXT black and gold special on a beautiful Wednesday night back on the WWE Network. J.D. McDonough made it back to the show. Things played out over the course of the evening. Sami Zayn getting injured. Sami Zayn getting attacked. J.D. McDonough getting involved in Judgment Day business. It's almost like Vince McMahon dropped some storylines And now that he's gone because he had spinal surgery, 
Triple H took the pen and went into a fucking dark corner somewhere and is trying to really bring us back to what he had planned all along because Vince McMahon fucking ripped up those scripts. Stop calling me a conspiracy theorist. Stop calling me a Vince McMahon hater. Oh, Triple H, JD's a Triple H mark. He's a Triple H shill. He's got Vince McMahon on the mind. Blah, 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 blah. Only half-witted retards don't understand. Triple H is not completely in charge. He's not. Tonight felt like a Triple H production. Through and through. Was the show perfect? No. The show was not perfect. I can only hope that we get this this type of Monday Night Raw weekly moving forward. But I want you guys to understand that Vince McMahon does not elicit excitement. Vince McMahon does not give a shit about what we want. Vince McMahon does not give a shit about changing the show. Vince McMahon wants to do what Vince McMahon wants to do with Vince McMahon-approved men and women. Another instance tonight, Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler got 10 minutes. 10 fucking minutes. Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark. Vince McMahon would have never given Shayna Baszler 10 minutes of anything. She got 10 minutes tonight. Zoe Stark got 10 minutes. I mean, that closes the case right there. I want you guys to understand that Vince McMahon does not care about jack shit as long as it, as long as it appeases Vince McMahon, that's all he cares about. Imagine Triple H with a pen and a paper, no handcuffs, and no fucking shadow bearing down on him. Shadow of the old man fucking looming over him. Imagine a Triple H booked Monday Night Raw with no restrictions. That's what you were getting last year. And everybody was like, oh, Triple H is making subtle changes here. I feel a difference. You felt a difference. Tonight was basically a year removed from Triple H taking over and SummerSlam being his first production last year. Tonight felt like Triple H had the pen and he's going to do what he's got to do to get us to payback. And that's exactly what he did tonight. A very enjoyable show. And I've been so hard on Monday Night Raw, so incredibly hard on Monday Night Raw. And justifiably so. The show sucks. The show's not been good. It's not. If you think it's good, that's your cup of tea. I don't drink tea, man. I prefer coffee, light and sweet. Sometimes I'll drink it black. Depends on the type of day I'm having. But WWE on Monday has produced utter garbage, boring, no consistency, no excitement. Tonight, all of that changed within a span of 24 hours, 48 hours, coming out of SummerSlam. A very enjoyable show. A very enjoyable show. And like I usually do, I call it right down the middle. When it's bad, it's bad. I'm going to tell you it's bad. I'm going to tell you not to go back and watch this show by any means. But when it's good, I'll give you the good. I'll tell you it's good. I'll tell you why it was good. And I'll tell you the differences between a good show and a bad show. I'm not sitting here telling you that Triple H is perfect. Triple H never had perfect shows on NXT. Triple H had some duds. Triple H had some unimportant shows on Wednesday night. But my God, man, when Vince McMahon is in charge, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a fucking shit show. 
When Triple H is in charge, at least he shows you he fucking cares. Tonight was one of those nights. You got to understand something, man. We know WWE can be better. I don't know why anybody would want WWE run by Vince McMahon. I don't. It's not better for the show with him in charge. It's not. You could sit there and loathe the fact that Triple H is doing anything regarding creative. He's all we got right now. He's the only man that we should be trusting at this point because he's got the track record and the trust of the fan base. Remember, they killed him. They took away from him. They took everything he built and wiped it away because they were afraid he was gaining too much traction. Now he's back, and everybody that he wants to push on TV made a fucking cameo appearance tonight on the show. I don't find that to be a fucking coincidence, man. I'm still waiting for Johnny Gargano. I don't know where the fuck he is, but we'll wait. We'll wait. Monday Night Raw is a very enjoyable show. We're going to talk about what happened tonight, the things that I liked, the things that I didn't like. We're going to get into this thing, and I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight on Monday. Sit back, relax, enjoy yourselves, grab a drink. We're going to do our thing like we usually do. And I know a lot of people wanted Red Skies in the beginning of the show, man. Our signature Monday Night Raw theme. I'll give it to you now just because you guys asked for it. But this was not a Red Skies-worthy show at all tonight. Thank you guys for joining me, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Thank you guys for the love on Cameo. You guys have been killing it over there. Also, follow me on Twitter, man. We're... Very close to 52,000 followers on Twitter. If you guys want to know my uh, thoughts on everything, man, and updates on the channel, Twitter's the best place to be, or X, whatever the fuck you want to go by. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. We are legitimately 200 subscribers away from 148,000 subscribers. So if you are watching me and are new, hit that subscribe button. If you guys have just signed up to the channel and know a friend that loves professional wrestling and loves podcasts, tell them about the show, man. And if you're an OG, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for being here. But hit that subscribe button if you're new. Turn on the bell for notifications and hit that thumbs up. We got 2,500 plus on a Monday night. No excuses, man. 1,000 likes minimum tonight. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Never an obligation, but always appreciated. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. We'll be getting right back to the news videos tomorrow. I'll be live tomorrow night with my guy, Andrew Baydala. We have a lot to cover on Tuesday night, Titans. Andrew was actually at the show tonight with his family, and he got a live perspective of Raw that we will talk about tomorrow night, man. One of the most educational and down-to-earth mature discussions in the pro wrestling scene is Tuesday Night Titans, my new show with my guy, Andrew Baydal, a very good friend of mine. We're killing it on Tuesday night, so hopefully you guys join us tomorrow night. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. As always, code JD, bluechew.com. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. 
get into Monday night, man. We're going to start off, and obviously, the only guy that's going to kick this show off is Cody Rhodes. First of all, I want to tell you guys, Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are fucking great. I think Michael Cole and Wade Barrett are very good commentary team, man. Wade Barrett is awesome. So good. I prefer Corey Graves, but Wade Barrett, don't take anything away from him. He makes a great partner with Michael Cole. Now, the reason why Michael Cole is doing double duty on Raw and SmackDown now, and we'll talk about this tomorrow when we do our uh, usual Tuesday news video, Michael Cole is on Monday and Friday because it came at the request of network executives. And this came at the request of Endeavor. As we all know, WWE is in a contract year. They're looking for the biggest TV rights deal possible. Endeavor knows this. And they want WWE to put their best foot forward. Their best foot forward was not with Kevin Patrick calling Monday Night Raw. Kevin Patrick is on SmackDown. He'll be doing basically color commentary underneath Corey Graves. He's not going to have much to say, but I'll get into why he's on SmackDown and not completely removed from the commentary booth. But WWE feels that Michael Cole on Monday and Friday is going to put WWE's best foot forward. It made Monday Night Raw a lot better just by him being on the show. And Michael Cole, I've become a big fan of as of late. Michael Cole is the voice of WWE. I am not opposed to him doing both shows as long as he can do it. He should be there. He is the voice of the company, and WWE should ride him out until he cannot do it anymore. So I'm happy that that move was made, and it made Monday Night Raw a better show because of it. Cody Rhodes. He opens the show tonight as he should, because he is the guy. He got the endorsement from Brock and the handshake from Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Obviously, WWE's milking Cody Rhodes for all that they can. Whoa! They're doing all of it. We got three woes tonight. I may have to get the soundbite for you guys on a weekly basis. Three woes tonight. Great. So, Cody's in there. And he's talking to the crowd. What do you want to talk about? Okay, Cody, what do you want to talk about? He said he wanted to talk about Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar had his claws sharpened in Minnesota and was educated there and became champion there. He said he had the honor and misery of standing across from Lesnar and surviving him. What happened next, I could have never imagined. So... He shows a picture, a still picture of Cody himself shaking hands with Brock Lesnar, handshake initiated by Brock Lesnar. Now, supposedly this was an unplanned moment. Nobody in creative knew that this was going to happen. And Brock Lesnar did this on his own accord. How much of that do I believe? I don't know, man. I don't, you know, they want to really kind of pull back the curtain there. All of a sudden they want to pull back the curtain on that. That definitely feels like a Vince McMahon thing. You know, that's a, that's a proverbial Vince McMahon cherry on top of the cake. We're going to make you into the next John Cena, pal. Basically what that was. But regardless of who came up with it, if it was planned or not planned, WWE is making Cody into their modern day John Cena. It's exactly what's going on there. He got the endorsement from the gatekeeper, and that's all you need to know. The handshake signified that Cody is the guy. He is our guy. He will be our champion, and he will be the face of the company, if not already. 
So they talked to his mother, and she said, Lesnar acknowledged you. It's great. There's a nice subtle dig at Roman Reigns. Lesnar acknowledged you. Now we got to get Roman to acknowledge you. Says he feels on top of the world now and believes he could beat anybody. All of a sudden, Seth Rollins came out. And we get uh, fucking American Idol out there right at the top of the hour on Monday Night Raw. We got, whoa! And then we got, whoa! And Rollins looks ridiculous. I don't know what he's wearing and what he decides to come out looking like, man. I mean, with the boots, the jacket, and the silly glasses. You know, I know Halloween isn't until October 31st, but this guy clearly went to Spirit of Halloween and decided to shop for Halloween a little bit early. I get that Rollins is popular. I get that Rollins is eccentric, and he's out there, and he wants to be different, but he doesn't really look like a champion. He wrestles like a champion. But I mean, sometimes, sometimes, I'm not saying he does it all the time. Sometimes he shows up out there and it's very difficult to take him seriously as a world champion. Just throwing that out there. Rollins is out there and he welcomed fans to Monday Night Rollins. He said, if Cody believes he can beat anyone, let's put that theory to the test. So, right out of the gate, WWE again is teasing Cody versus Seth as the major program on Monday night. We know that's not where it needs to go. Nobody wants to see that. Cody winning the world championship is not finishing the story, and he shouldn't even look at the championship. He should just focus on Roman. I don't know what WWE is doing there, but a super group of sorts between Cody and Rollins, I can deal with. Them in the ring one-on-one together for the world championship, I'm going to have to oppose that. That's not where we should go with that. Damian Priest walks out with Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. Priest got the money in the bank briefcase. Priest said, apparently, Cody and Seth believe they run Monday Night Raw. Rhea Ripley said that they, Judgment Day, run Monday Night Raw. Priest said they decide what happens to championships around here. He said his Money in the Bank briefcase dictates that. When he mentioned Dom, everybody booed. Priest said Dom isn't done with Cody. Hint, hint, we may be getting that at payback. He asked Cody what he'll be doing when Dom is defending his North American title on NXT tomorrow night against Dragon Lee. I'll have thoughts on that a little bit later. Cody stepped towards Dom and stared at him, obviously very upset with Dom confronting him. So as Dom began to speak, fans booed more. Finn Balor, all of a sudden, did not come out with Judgment Day. He attacked Seth Rollins from behind. This was all a trap, quote-unquote. Sami Zayn ran out. He came out to defend Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. He went after Priest. Sami knocked Priest out of the ring. Cody gave Dom a Cody cutter. Cody, Seth, and Sami took turns hitting Balor. And then he got out of Dodge and bailed out. Two ringside with the rest of Judgment Day. Cody stood in the ring and says he's got a solution for all this. Three on three. Cody, Sammy, and Seth versus Priest, Dom, and Finn Balor tonight 
in the main event. Now, I was kind of in a bad mood to start this show. I'm like, here we go, man. The SummerSlam that we got going into this Raw, I'm not really expecting much of anything because it's not like WWE to give us anything new or exciting or fresh, especially going into a payback, which is a B-level pay-per-view. Not really expecting much. And here they are proving me right, right out of the gate, with another Judgment Day multi-man match. How many weeks in a row do we need to see Judgment Day in the main event of Monday Night Raw in a tag team match, two-on-two, in a tag team match, three-on-three? This was basically the same main event that you got last week, this week. The only difference is Cody's involved. I mean, give me a break. How much of the same match do you need to feed to us on a weekly basis? It's disgusting. And this is why I said, sometimes you get conflicting creative. Sometimes you get two creative heads clashing. 50% Triple H, 50% Vince McMahon. I don't understand why we got to get the same fucking main event every single week. I am tired of the Judgment Day in main events with the same six-man tag, tag team match. It's old. We've been seeing it all summer. This is why I said Triple H is not completely in charge. He's not. Imagine Triple H in charge 100% on a Monday night. We wouldn't be getting the same fucking match every single week. We wouldn't. Point blank, period. But sometimes this needs to be done. In this case, it needs to be done. You got to understand the way that this is being worked. If Triple H went out there and gave you a fucking NXT-like Monday Night Raw that we know this show needs, if he went out there and completely gave us a banger episode with no restrictions, with Vince McMahon still looming large, don't you think that Triple H and everything that he would work for and work towards, don't you think all that would be wiped away? I mean, we'd be getting change after change after change after change. You got to understand that Triple H is in charge because Vince trusts him. Charge. He's in charge. So by that account, Triple H, with the old man still making final decisions and having the final say, and you know he does, Triple H has to play ball. Triple H needs to book the show the way Vince McMahon would want the show so that there is no chaos backstage. And Triple H needs to do that because Vince McMahon is still there. He's going to look at it, and if Triple H is going to go against Vince, then Triple H is not going to have any say at all. Triple H would rather have some say than no say at all. But getting the main event of Monday Night Raw squared away in the same way every single week with the Judgment Day and a six-man tag and a tag team match, two-on-two, three-on-three, whatever the case may be, it's got to come to an end. It's got to come to an end. I was not excited about this from the word go. I'm like, here we go. The same shit that we saw last week, this week, only with Cody involved. What is the difference? And the thing is, they're not bad matches. 
But most of the fucking match, you can sit there on your phone and not pick your head up for anything. It's all about what happens in the climax. It happens in the end. That's all that matters. Give me a break. Shit's got to be changed. We go backstage. And there was a segment earlier in the night. Ricochet and Adam Pierce. Ricochet lost to Logan Paul on Saturday night. Very good match between the two. But Logan Paul cheated with a pair of brass knuckles. Ricochet told Pierce that Logan Paul used brass knuckles. Pierce says it doesn't sit right with him, but referee's decisions are final. He said his focus is on tonight. In walks Tommaso Ciampa, Chad Gable, and Matt Riddle. He says they've all had setbacks, but on but are on the precipice of greatness. So he's matching them all against each other tonight in a fatal four-way, number one contendership, and the winner of this match is the number one contender for the Intercontinental title. So they each spoke to each other about the match, Gable noting that he was born and bred in Minnesota and that he would win. Champa's excited about an opportunity because he knows a thing or two about gold, a.k.a. Goldie. Ricochet obviously wants to get back to his winning ways, and Matt Riddle is just Matt Riddle. So we got a fatal four-way here to open the show. Commercial-free opening hour to Monday Night Raw. Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, Matt Riddle, and Chad Gable. Fatal four-way, number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship. This was great. For the time that they were allotted, this was great. This reminded me of a classic Wednesday episode of NXT. You had Ricochet, who was a staple on NXT. Tommaso Ciampa, who, in my honest opinion, not really my honest opinion, it's just a straight fact. If you don't agree with it, I don't really give a shit. Greatest NXT champion of all time is Tommaso Ciampa. Easy. Matt Riddle was on NXT. Chad Gable was on NXT as a part of American Alpha with Jason Jordan. I mean, this was NXT through and through. I love this. I love this. When we got this match over, this was great. Great television match with these four guys. Crowd was big into it. They were big into Gable. Hometown guy chanting thank you. Gable and Riddle, they're in there. They applied ankle locks to Ricochet and Champa. They escaped. Then we get an exchange between Gable and Riddle, but Champa took their heads and smashed them together old school. Knocking of the heads. Ricochet hit Champa with a lion salt. He goes for recovery, gets a two count. So all four men exchange moves, and they did a slow motion replay of Champa giving Gable a DDT. Gable's head bounced off the mat. Absolutely brutal by Tommaso Champa. Then we fast forward a little bit. We get this big Tower of Doom spot where Ricochet's up top, Champa's up top, Riddle is up top, and then all of a sudden, Chad Gable is the final guy. Typical multi-man Tower of Doom spot in WWE. This was a triple German suplex by Chad Gable on all three of these guys. Ricochet taking the hardest of the bumps. It looked like he was going to land directly on his head, but good thing Ricochet is a fucking athlete, man. Athletic as fuck. Flipped over, sold it, bumped. Looked great. Gunther's in the back watching this thing on the TV. He's laughing as these guys are beating the shit out of each other. 
Gable put Champa in an ankle lock. Riddle nailed him with a jumping knee strike. Power bomb. Ricochet broke up that cover. Riddle suplexed Ricochet before giving Champa a superplex. Ricochet and Gable tried moves off the top, but Champa and Riddle got their knees up to get cradles at the same time to both men. Two count. Riddle. He wiped out Gable with a springboard dive to the outside. Champa gave Riddle a draping DDT when he came back into the ring. He calls that Willow's Bell. Michael Cole knew those moves. Michael Cole was calling all these moves. You know who would not have called these moves? Kevin Patrick. There was a fisherman buster in this match that Michael Cole called by Matt Riddle. Michael Cole was calling actual wrestling moves within three minutes of the show. Kevin Patrick did none of that in a year and a half. It's amazing. Michael Cole did more in three minutes than Kevin Patrick did in a year and a half. Imagine that. So we got Willow's Bell. We got the DDT by Champa. Gable knocked down again. This time Ricochet gave him a dive. Champa hit Ricochet with a knee strike. Project Champa. He goes and goes for a cover, gets a two count. Riddle gave Champa a bro Derek. Gable broke up the cover with a big diving headbutt off the top rope. Gable went for a chaos theory on Riddle, but Ricochet brought Riddle down with a recoil. Gable tried the chaos theory on Ricochet, but Champa brought Ricochet down with a leg drop. Gable then gave Champa chaos theory for the one, two, three. So strike one, strike two, and he hits a home run on strike three. Chad Gable earns a title shot. We don't know when. Hopefully, it's at payback against Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship. At the end of the match, he goes over to the front row. His wife and his son sitting front row. His son, cute as a fucking button, is wearing the same outfit that Gable is wearing with the little wrestling earmuffs. And he runs a lap around the ring with his son on his shoulder. And the crowd has given him a huge standing ovation If that doesn't endorse, if that doesn't earn your vote for Chad Gable beating Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, obviously when Gunther surpasses the honky-tonk man, I don't know what will. Now, granted, we have any one of these guys. Matt Riddle's had his chance. Matt Riddle's not going to be in discussion to end Gunther's reign. Tommaso Ciampa's a guy. I could see it. But Ciampa hasn't really been built up enough on Monday Night Raw to be the guy. He just got back to television. He hasn't really been doing much of anything. They put him in this nothing feud with Nakamura, which seemingly was dropped out of nowhere. Another reason why Triple H had the pen most of the night and not Vince McMahon. We didn't see anything Champa nakamura related. Champa would be a great guy. That would be a tremendous match. But he's not ready, and he's not in that spot. Ricochet, we've seen it. We've been there and done that. I know Ricochet needs something to do, but... He's already beaten Ricochet. Gunther has. So right now, Gable is the hottest guy of the four. And to me, it would be the best match. I think Gable and Gunther would be the best match out of all four of those guys. Now, I don't know how you feel about it. I don't know if anybody really is ready for Gunther to lose the championship. I mean, he's done so fucking amazing with that championship. It's... Very difficult to see him lose that title to anybody. I mean, nobody really is on his level. He's done things with that championship that I don't think anybody watching the current product 
even thought was imaginable, to be honest with you. And Bruce Pritchard and Vince McMahon, I mean, they took a shit on that title every fucking week. That title was not featured on pay-per-views. That title was not featured as the second biggest title in the company. It hasn't. That title right now is the most important title underneath Roman Reigns. It's bigger than Seth Rollins' style. That is the title. That is the title on Monday Night. Rollins could sit there and fucking gloat that he's the world champion. Gunther, as far as I'm concerned, is the guy on Monday Night. That is the most important title on Monday Night Raw, which is based off what he has done with it. The way we need this to play out, because I don't know what they're... Clearly, they don't give a shit about the draft rules. If you want to bring somebody over from SmackDown to do it, I mean, I can't see, I can't see why Sheamus is not allowed on Monday night. I mean, I called for that back early in the year. I don't know if they're going to get to that. I mean, he's been kind of teasing it on social media. Let's save the honky-tonk man. I'm the guy to save the honky-tonk man, blah, blah, blah. Go, go look at Sheamus' Twitter, man. He's really making, he's really being outspoken about what he desires in WWE. Again, I'd like to see it. I mean, it's the only title he hasn't won. But if we're going to stick within the boundaries of the brand split and we're going to keep it on Monday Night Raw, I think there's only one guy on this show right now that is as hot and could legitimately be a realistic opportunity or a realistic option to take that title off of Gunther, and that's Chad Gable. I mean, if it's right, let's do it. If it feels right, let's do it. Do you know how long we've been asking for Chad Gable to be featured in a singles capacity on Monday Night Raw? I feel like this has been a very long time coming, and I love the fact that they're finally starting to give him some shine on his own, even though Alpha Academy is a great tag team. Chad Gable belongs in the singles division. Now, I don't know what we do. Is this match taking place on a Monday night? Is this match taking place at Payback? I mean, I would love to see it on pay-per-view. Give them the maximum time to go out there and tell a story. Come up with a reason for a rematch. Have Gunther break the record. We got September 5th, I believe, is the date that he breaks the record. Somewhere in that vicinity, September 5th or September 9th, one of those days. But payback takes place Labor Day weekend. Same weekend as All Out. So we got that taking place Labor Day weekend. You could do it legitimately the next week. Or you could wait till Fastlane in October and really build a story and really build it for it to be special. And it's a B-level pay-per-view. If you even want to go out there and go as far as to have them main event, I don't think anybody's going to complain either. But if you're looking at somebody on Monday Night Raw right now, Chad Gable should absolutely be at the top of your ballot. Chad Gable beating Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship with a right story, properly built, giving it main event feel, giving it a main event attraction. I mean, who could turn that down? Who would be opposed to that? You know, WWE hasn't had a feel-good story this year. They haven't. Outside Sami Zayn, we haven't had a feel-good story. You're looking at one right here. You're looking at one right here. Now, if this all happens and this all comes to fruition, is WWE going to continue to treat the Intercontinental title the same way that it's been treated on Gunther if it goes to Chad Gable? That's my only concern. Who's to say Vince McMahon doesn't get involved and doesn't start booking the Intercontinental title like shit again? These are the concerns that I have.
But Chad Gable, I don't know how anybody's watching this show not vying for Chad Gable to get a fucking solid run as an intercontinental champion. And by that, if he does win the title, that leaves Gunther open to move on up. You think because Gunther loses the Intercontinental title, he's going to go back to the mid-card or he's going to go back to the bottom of the battle? I mean, Gunther is automatically going to go right up to the main event scene. We're talking about Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship type shit. I mean, I'm already already asking for Gunther to win the fucking Royal Rumble. Never mind fucking Cody Rhodes. I'm already asking for Gunther to win the Royal Rumble. I mean, the guy broke the all-time Royal Rumble record here in the United States. The Saudi Rumble, the greatest Royal Rumble, don't count. I'm not counting that. Gunther already has set the record for Royal Rumble this year. If you're asking me, J.D., who do you see as an early favorite to win the Royal Rumble? I'm going with Gunther. You should have won it this year. It's going to be great, man, with him at the top. It's going to be great with him at the top. He's going right to the top. And again, with Triple H having the pen, look at the quality of the show we get right here from the opening match. The WWE needs to start showcasing their mid-card a little bit, man. They need to start showcasing the talent that is in contention for the Intercontinental title. I need to see Champa. I need to see Riddle. I need to see Gable. I need to see Ricochet. I need to see guys like that weekly on the show. These are the workhorses of the company. These guys can easily go out there. You ask them to go 15, 20 minutes to eat up a chunk of time. These are the guys that are going to go out there and do it for you and make the show much more digestible on a weekly basis. I want to see matches with Champa and Ricochet. I want to see Ricochet versus Gable. I want to see Gable versus Riddle. I want to see Gable versus Ch- I mean, you could give me fucking weeks of programming just by these guys going out there every fucking week and wrestling their ass off. We need to get back to featuring these types of guys more, and we need to get back to featuring the workhorses of the company because the Intercontinental title is the most important title on Monday Night Raw. Period. Let's start exposing that a little bit. Vince moved away from that. We need to embrace that. Moving on. Rollins confronted Rhodes in the back. We got problems between Cody and Seth Rollins. Seth told Cody not to make decisions for him. So... We got a reference here to Cody kind of proposing this match without asking Rollins or Zayn about the match. He just made the match. Sammy said, listen, we have a chance to deal with Judgment Day once and for all, so please be cool. Cody says, I am cool. This guy's not cool. Seth paused and said, fine. You want to do this? I'll work within the boundaries. He was not really enthused. He says, if this guy's cool, then I'm cool. Cody and Seth walked away at the same time, and Sammy was left standing there by himself, and he basically said to himself, well, it doesn't feel cool. It doesn't feel cool. Miz was backstage. He was on the phone. He was about to take a uh, group photo or a group, uh, I think there was a photo shoot going on, and Miz was next in line to have photos taken of himself, maybe for WWE.com. I don't know. He was on the phone, 
and said he wanted to get out of this dump as soon as possible. I guess he means Minnesota. A woman came up to the Miz and said, listen, Miz, you're going to have to wait. Wait for what? He looked over at the photographer snapping photos of L.A. Knight. He's in the midst of a photo shoot. Miz says he shouldn't be left waiting, so he was going to complain to Adam Pearce. This is bullshit. He said about L.A. Knight, this guy wins one battle royal, and he's getting all this attention. So Miz is upset. We got a nice little... uh, Something brewing here with uh, Mike Mizanin and L.A. Knight. What is L.A. Knight doing on Monday Night Raw? I don't know. Draft rules? Draft? Brand split? What are they? We don't know. L.A. Knight's on Monday Night as a Friday Night SmackDown superstar. Kind of got to explain that. You got to explain that, man. You can't just lob this guy on Monday Night and expect everybody to fucking, you know, not ask the question because he's so over. He's a SmackDown guy. What is he doing on Raw? Seriously. Shinsuke Nakamura. He went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. I'm a big Bronson Reed guy. Nakamura came out as a babyface. Fans singing his song. It's fucking uh, karaoke hour for the first hour on Monday night. We're singing Cody. We're singing Seth. We're singing Nakamura. Everybody's having a good time in Minneapolis. Came out as a babyface. I said at the end of this match, I'm glad that WWE is moving away from this bullshit Champa and Nakamura feud that didn't make any sense. Nakamura doesn't want to be bothered. He's tired of people poking their nose in his business. And people cheered Nakamura here because Bronson Reed is clearly the heel. This match wouldn't have made sense if Nakamura was a heel going up against the heel Bronson Reed. So in this match, Nakamura was portrayed as a babyface. The match itself was fine. It got slow in the beginning, started off slow, and then it picked up. And the crowd was very into this by the last minute or two. So Reed, he was in control here, cut him off with a nasty power slam early on, almost dropped him right on his neck. That snap power slam by Bronson Reed is a devastating one. He then hits a running sit-out powerbomb on Shin for a near fall. Reed cut him off again. Death Valley driver. Nakamura starts to make a babyface comeback. He tried to kick Bronson Reed, but he got dropped with a big lariat. Reed goes up top. He goes for the tsunami. I was looking forward to hearing Wade Barrett call tsunami because he did it for months on NXT. He misses the tsunami, and as soon as Reed comes down, missing, Shin hit the Kinshasa right to the back of the head. And then another one for good measure. So two Kinshasas and Shinsuke Nakamura gets the win over Bronson Reed. Nakamura and Bronson Reed have been feuding for what seems like, uh, I don't know, since, since Money in the Bank, right? It's been, it's been a few weeks. I don't know what we're doing here. I think Bronson Reed needs to be uh, thrown into the mix with the rest of those guys I just talked about, with Gable and Sherpa and Ricochet and Matt Riddle. Look at the secondary card. Look at the undercard for WWE. WWE doesn't know what they have, man. I mean, they're taking it for granted. Bronson Reed is very good. And Bronson Reed needs to start winning matches, man. Seriously. If anybody's going to take him seriously, he needs to start winning matches. 
Nakamura, I was happy that he got a nice babyface reaction, but clearly that's not the direction that they're going in with Shinsuke Nakamura as he fully turned heel on the very over Seth Rollins in the main event. We got medical staff backstage, and we got an update on Raquel Rodriguez. No smiley Raquel here. No smiley Raquel at all. So she is backstage, and the trainer is with Raquel and Adam Pierce. And the trainer told Pierce that Raquel's injury is serious, and she's not cleared yet. Pierce turned and told Rodriguez that this is the final decision. You're going to get cleared, but the guy is telling me you're not ready yet. But the deal is still on. When you are medically cleared, you are going to get a shot at Rhea Ripley and her Women's World Championship. Raquel Rodriguez is there, and supporting her are Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Out of nowhere, these two, these two women made it to television. Out of nowhere, Triple H found something for these women to do. You know, they're all NXT, man. They were all together on NXT, so Triple H is going back and doing what he did on NXT. So here you go. You got Indy, you got Candice, you got Raquel, man. NXT, black and gold, right there in all three of them. They haven't been on TV in months, Indy and Candice. I mean, Indy, for Christ's sakes, was the NXT Women's Champion, and she had to vacate the fucking title because they called her up as the NXT Women's Champion during the draft. And what did they do? They haven't used her on the main roster at all. There were plans to get Gargano, Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis, and Candice LeRae back on TV on the main roster as the way. That did not go through. I'll give you one clue who axed that plans. Wasn't Triple H? Vince McMahon axed those plans. That's who axed them. So it's nice to see Indy and Candice back on the show. We got a commercial airing for NXT. Dominic Mysterio and Dragon Lee tomorrow night for the NXT North American Championship. Now, I don't know if Dominic is losing the championship tomorrow night. I don't. I don't know why they gave it to him, only for him to drop the title three weeks later. But it's NXT. I'm not surprised. I would have built this match up a little bit more before doing it. But tomorrow they're selling it as Rhea in Dom's corner and Ray in Dragon Lee's corner. So we'll see what happens, man. We may be looking at a new NXT champion tomorrow night. Or NXT North American champion, I should say, tomorrow night. And Dragon Lee is a perfect candidate for that. No question. Maxine Dupree is on the phone. Who she's talking to, I don't know, but she was blowing kisses at whoever was on the phone. In walked Ludwig Kaiser. She told him to leave their locker room. He then said that she has all the potential in the world, but she must understand that some people around there are just better than others. He called Otis a big, disgusting freak. And he smiled and said she was a little feisty because she slapped him in the face when he turned around and wanted to go and stare Maxine in the face. He was staring Otis in the face instead. Otis then challenged him to a match later on tonight, and he accepted. Becky Lynch. A lot was made out of Becky Lynch and a tweet she made over the weekend 
She was not at SummerSlam. She was not in Detroit. She was back home in Florida. I believe that's where they live. Back home in Florida. And she was photographed in front of palm trees on the beach. And she was photographed making lemons. Or uh, not making lemons. It would be difficult to make lemons. But lemonade. She was cutting lemons and making lemonade on social media during SummerSlam. This was clearly a dig at WWE because they didn't feature Becky Lynch on SummerSlam. I went over why that was the best case scenario and the best decision for the company. Yet people just don't understand that less is more quality over quantity. SummerSlam was four hours and 15 minutes. If we added two more women's matches, then SummerSlam would have still... SummerSlam would still be on right now. We didn't need SummerSlam to be over five hours. So clearly, this has been a big talking point in the IWC. Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Raquel Rodriguez, Trish Stratus. Didn't make SummerSlam. Oh my God, the world is ending. Meanwhile, we have payback coming up. And they're going to get more of a bigger opportunity and a bigger spotlight on payback than they would have on SummerSlam. I think I'd take payback over SummerSlam at this point. You didn't really miss much of anything on SummerSlam. Nobody would be talking about Rhea and Raquel tonight from SummerSlam. Nobody would be talking about Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus at SummerSlam. Now Becky and Trish got a main event spot next week. They're main eventing Monday Night Raw. Who gives a shit? But Becky Lynch is out here. And she says, the man has come around to Minneapolis. Great. Now go home. I'm so close to the end, she says. She says she's been fighting, clawing, scratching, winning, losing, overcoming obstacles, and failing again for months. She said she is tired and becoming weary, but she's ready to put an end to the saga when she gets her rematch with Trish Stratus next week. Zoe Stark interrupted and said Becky is actually scared. Of Zoe. The man left her balls back at home. Becky laughed and asked what she's doing here. She said she's gifted and too good for her own good. She said she hasn't had had to work for anything. She said she hits herself to Trish for a free ride. She said she's too stupid to realize Trish is dragging her in the wrong direction. That may be a fucking shoot if I'm writing this thing. Trish is dragging Zoe in the wrong direction. Zoe has not benefited at all from being paired with Trish Stratus. I don't care who you listen to. I don't care who you get your news from or you listen to other podcasts that talk about this particular angle. Zoe has not benefited at all from being paired with Trish Stratus. I thought that she would. But the feud actually ended up getting worse coming out of Night of Champions. Nothing about this feud has done good for any of these women at all. Zoe's better off on her own. So Stark says she doesn't play second fiddle to anyone and she is amazing at what she does. She's a very good wrestler. Stark said Trish chose her because she's the fastest rising star in WWE and the baddest in the locker room. So obviously out comes Shayna Baszler 
the baddest woman on the planet was put away by Shayna Baszler. So now I guess this makes Shayna Baszler the second baddest woman on the planet. Or the first, if you want to really say that she beat Ronda Rousey. Now she took Ronda's spot because Ronda's not going to be in the WWE. So Shayna Baszler is now the baddest woman in WWE. So Baszler walked out with a huge uh, black eye. Her left eye was completely black. Baszler said she should see how Rousey looks because both women called out her black eye. She said she drove Rousey out of WWE. Fans cheered as that happened because nobody likes Ronda and nobody really appreciated Ronda the second time around. Goodbye, Ronda Rousey. She walked up to Zoe and asked, excuse me, who's the baddest now? Stark said she looks like a punching bag. She told Basil that she'll send her home like she did to Rousey. Becky said those sound like fighting words, so they should fight right here, right now in Minneapolis. Adam Pearce comes out and makes the match official right then and there. He called for a referee, and we got a match between Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler. Not really something I expected, but... Here we are. So before we got that match, we got something happening in the back with Judgment Day. So Damian Priest, obviously him and Balor have problems. Balor's backstage. He's talking to J.D. McDonough. You know, J.D. McDonough was rumored to be the newest member of Judgment Day when he got called up to Monday Night Raw. They were planning on putting him in Judgment Day That was the rumor going around. That kind of got put on stop. We haven't seen anything regarding J.D. McDonough and Judgment Day play out, okay? So J.D. is talking to Finn Balor, and they've known each other for over 20 years. J.D. McDonough is basically mini Balor. He was trained by Balor, brought up by Balor. He is Finn Balor, basically. Could be Finn Balor's son for all we know. So Priest approached Balor backstage. As Balor was chatting with McDonough, Priest said they need to talk Judgment Day business. So uh, let's do this one-on-one without him here. Balor said, whatever you want to say, whatever you have to say, you can say in front of JD because I've known him for 20 years. Priest asked why Balor didn't come out with them earlier. Why did he just sneak attack Rollins without notifying Judgment Day? Balor said he decided to make his own plan since Priest did that on Saturday night. Priest said even with his help, he still couldn't win the World Heavyweight Championship. Those are fighting words. Balor then said, well, maybe it was because of you that I lost. Priest says, listen, you're getting a little too close to me. You're crowding me. Take a step back. So, Balor said it's crowding both of them. The Money in the Bank briefcase. So, Priest says he's crowding him. Balor says the briefcase is crowding both of them. Rhea Ripley stepped in between them and told them to stop acting like children. She said they were all there to help Balor, but for one night, it didn't work out. She says they need to get back to running raw. J.D. says it might not be his place to speak on this, but 
That briefcase is dividing both you and Balor. So maybe, Priest, you should get rid of the briefcase. And he walked away. Now, Balor left with JD. Priest looked at them as they walked away. Ripley held him back. Priest says, I don't even know why he is talking. So it looks like we got JD McDonough back in Judgment Day business. And we got JD McDonough and the plans for him possibly to join Judgment Day back on track. We don't really know if that's the case or not, but I found it very coincidental that he was on the show tonight after weeks, and I mean weeks, of television without J.D. McDonough. So that was a pleasant surprise, and we may be seeing the next member of Judgment Day. We may be seeing the guy who replaced Damian Priest in Judgment Day. So honestly, you know, the Judgment Day thing kind of came to a, I don't want to say it came to a stop interest-wise. I mean, it wasn't as interesting Going into SummerSlam, it was like, oh, Priest got the, 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 the briefcase and him and Balor are teasing some tension. There really wasn't much there. Was there going to be a cash-in at SummerSlam? Are they going to wait till Monday Night Raw? The ending definitely opened up for more intrigue coming out of SummerSlam because the way that I described it to you guys, Balor, he could have easily won that match. Balor could have won the match. And the near falls in that SummerSlam match were fucking fantastic. But the thing is, the way that they left it open... You could have interpreted it one or two ways. Balor was being helped by Priest because Priest gave him the briefcase. Take it. Use it. Win it. Win the title. I'm helping you. He didn't want to take it. And Damian Priest got upset with Balor and then kind of slid the briefcase in at the end of the match. It could be looked at as, well, he was trying to help Finn Balor, but at the same time, he could have honestly set Balor up to lose. So that's where the intrigue came from coming out of SummerSlam. So we got that, and we got this, and J.D. McDonough now being added. I think mixing all of this together is really making a compelling story on Monday night. I do. The J.D. McDonough thing is the most interesting to me because you don't know when he's going to come in to play. So I'm liking what I'm seeing here, and this was very good. This was a very good segment on Monday Night Raw. Zoe Stark, Shayna Baszler, they went 10 minutes. Believe it or not, these two ladies got 10 minutes, more than that. On Monday Night Raw. Decent match. It wasn't anything too crazy, but the ladies got 10 plus minutes on Monday night. Obviously, this would not have happened with Vince McMahon holding the pen, right? This match would have went three minutes, maybe less than that. We all know Vince loves to three-minute us to death, two-minute us to death. These ladies got more than 10 minutes. So Zoe Stark took control, missile drop kick. Stark tried to work on Baszler's arm, and do the arm stomp that Baszler is known for. But Baszler avoided it, obviously. She does it. She knows what's coming. She had it scouted. And then she follows up with a gut-wrench suplex for a two-count. Starks countered a Kirafuda clutch, hit a springboard dive. Zoe was distracted by Becky Lynch, who was just standing there. Becky was pouring lemonade and drinking lemonade at ringside. Don't know why we need to really kind of egg on the Triple H tension, but I'm going to throw it out there and think that if anybody really wanted to get people talking on social media, it was probably Triple H's idea to have Becky Lynch go out there and make lemonade and pour lemonade and spit lemonade like Triple H used to spit his water during his entrance. Probably Triple H's idea. 
Hey, let's get the fans on social media talking, man. Triple H knows a thing or two, man. So we got Becky Lynch out there. She's causing a distraction. Baszler hit her with, or hit uh, Zoe with, a version of Rousey's Piper's Pit, which is basically a spinning Samoan drop for the one, two, three. Shayna Baszler beats Zoe Stark here on Monday Night Raw. Um, not the greatest match, but the ladies got more than 10 minutes, and, you know, that's a win in itself. Normally, this would have been a two, three-minute match tops, and we got 10-plus minutes on Monday night. Becky Lynch toasted with Baszler with some lemonade for beating Zoe Stark at the end of the match. Nakamura, he's backstage after his win over Bronson Reed with Byron Saxton. He told Byron Saxton he's tired of people getting involved in his business and was ready to carve his own path. So we didn't really know what was going on with Nakamura, but he wants to carve his own path. All right, babyface Shin. Great. Let's get on with it. Triple H started it as a babyface. Somehow we kind of devolved into a heel Nakamura, and now we're back to a babyface Nakamura. For now. We go on from that, and all of a sudden we see Sami Zayn getting attacked by J.D. McDonough. That came out of nowhere. So J.D. McDonough now imposing himself on Judgment Day business. Interesting. Sami Zayn was laying there, and he had this huge ball on his arm. I mean, it looked like a fucking, it looked like a baseball on his arm. Now, I don't know what's going on with Sami Zayn. It looked abnormal. I don't know if he's injured. I didn't hear any reports about Sami Zayn being injured. Some people were telling me that it's a buildup of fluid in his arm. And I don't know if it's serious or not. But that makes Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn out now, possibly with legitimate injuries. Now, Sami Zayn did come out in the main event, and he did throw some punches and still get involved. But it looks like Sami Zayn is being taken off of television for at least a little bit. I don't know. Hopefully we get an update on that. It was uh, a little a little disgusting looking, to be quite honest with you, man. It, look, it, look, it looked a little weird. So I don't know if Sami Zayn is injured, but J.D. McDonough attacked him. That leaves Sami Zayn out for tonight's main event, and it leaves Cody and Rollins two against three against Judgment Day. Ludwig Kaiser, he went one-on-one with Otis. This went three minutes. Kaiser got the victory here. They're continuing the Gunther and Chad Gable or Imperium versus Alpha Academy storyline going on into payback, which is great. Otis was throwing his weight around a little bit for Kaiser early in the match. Ran him over, shoulder first into the ring post. Kaiser gets face-to-face with Maxine. So Otis obviously was distracted by this and went after him. Otis sets up for the Caterpillar. Vinci jumped on the apron. Otis superplexed Vinci from the apron into the ring. The ref was distracted trying to get Giovanni Vinci out of the ring, so Guther ran down, ran into the ring, and booted Otis in the face. This allowed Kaiser to hit a running boot for a 1-2-3, and he pins Otis on Monday night. Imperium continues to stay winning. So this continues the Guther and Alpha Academy storyline here. Chad Gable came down. 
he stood by Otis and looked at Gunther. So we got the build. Nice little build for now for Gunther and Chad Gable for the IC title. Very much looking forward to that. So we'll see how that continues to play out on Monday night. Jackie Redmond caught up with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes. They were leaving the trainer's room in regards to Sami Zayn. They both tried to answer Jackie's question at the same time in regards to Sami. They gave each other annoyed looks. Rhodes said, you know what, Seth, you handle this. I'm going to go to the ring, and uh, we're going to get ready for the main event. You take this promo, okay? So Rhodes left, invited Rollins to do the interview. Rollins said Zayn would not be cleared to wrestle tonight. Nakamura, Shinsuke Nakamura shows up, offered to be Rhodes and Rollins' partner. Rollins said he respects Nakamura. He's respected Nakamura for years and accepted his offer with a handshake. So we got Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes in the main event tonight against the Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw. Very weird pairing. Don't know where Nakamura came out of, but... We got uh, another formulaic, very basic six-man tag that involves the Judgment Day and Rollins against the Judgment Day with his revolving door of partners. Not really the most exciting main event from Monday Night Raw, but I've enjoyed the show up until this point. Miz, one-on-one with L.A. Knight here. One-on-one, face-to-face. Miz is in the ring. Obviously, he's upset because of what happened earlier. L.A. Knight was taking part in a photo shoot, and Miz had to wait in line behind L.A. Knight. Miz is upset that L.A. Knight's getting all the fanfare because he won the Slim Jim Battle Royal, and he's upset. So now he's out in the ring, frustrated and venting to the audience. He complained about L.A. Knight winning the Battle Royal, and this ended up being a very, very good promo for the Miz. He asks, what happened to showing industry leaders like myself respect? He says, he comes to Raw and he finds a guy who the fans suddenly absolutely love taking priority over him. I am a veteran, a locker room leader. He says he was taught respect when he first arrived in WWE a long time ago. He said, when you arrive in a locker room, you shake everyone's hand to pay respect to everyone else. He said, L.A. Knight didn't introduce himself to The Miz and didn't shake his hand. Miz complained about this new crop of talents making its way into WWE, and this new crop of talent makes him sick, and all of a sudden, L.A. Knight comes out. Fans explode with the sound of his music. L.A. Knight gets in the ring. Fans are chanting, L.A. Knight, let me talk to you. He says he thought they got a great introduction in the Battle Royal at SummerSlam. He introduced himself, and he is standing there, and the crowd is chanting, L.A. Knight, yeah. So basically, he introduced himself without saying anything. The crowd said it for him to the Miz. Great. He offered his hand to The Miz to shake his hand. And The Miz says, no. He says he's seen superstars like him come into WWE and try to ride his coattails. He said, if you strip away all of The Miz's charisma and you take away his hot wife, what do you got? You got LA Knight. He says he's a flash in the pan and a flavor of the month. 
He said the audience will love him and buy his T-shirts for the next five months because they think he's it. I think you're just an Attitude Era fanboy playing cosplay in my ring. Fans are chanting tiny balls. Now, on one hand, I want to say WWE is really playing into the fact that LA Knight is out there wearing a black vest and he's doing the fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin and he's got the Steve Austin mannerisms and the rock mannerisms. Attitude Era fanboy, flash in the pan, flavor of the month. Fans love you now. They'll love you for the next five months and then they're going to turn on you. You know, I want to sit here and tell you that WWE is smart enough to play into all these fucking rumors and innuendo about how they're not going to push LA Knight. But at the same time, you know, they do shit like this because they think they're cool, but we don't really sit here trusting WWE on a weekly basis. We don't. And, and you shouldn't. I don't want anybody to sit here and trust WWE. Normally, sometimes, shit like this is said, shit like this is scripted into the show because Vince uses certain talent to get across a point that he wants made to the live audience. Now, I, I, I have a difficult time believing that WWE is going to push LA Knight. A battle, royal, a battle royal win at SummerSlam is not enough for me to sit here and say, yep, WWE is definitely going to push LA Knight. I can't sit there and tell you that. Why would you believe all of a sudden he won a fucking worthless battle royal? He didn't win anything. He won momentum. That's a very Vince McMahon thing to do. He won a battle royal because now he's got the momentum. This is what Vince does. You should not trust the company. You should We've seen this time and time and time and time again. The company will use certain words and use certain superstars to get a point across to the audience that Vince wants made. You're a flash in the pan. You're the flavor of the month. Fans love you now. They're going to boo you in five months. That shit Vince McMahon and that administration wants you to think about LA Knight. Do we believe WWE? No, we don't. And nor should you. I'm going to give it time. I'm going to give it time. The only reason why I'm giving it time is because I'm going to be one of the first people to fucking be waiting and ready, locked and loaded, when this shit doesn't go over the way we want it to. If they're going to push LA Knight, they better fucking push LA Knight. But if they don't, I'm going to sit there ready with everything lined up in my notes, fucking sequence for sequence, month by month, what you did and how you stalled on it. There was a report that people in management don't trust WWE to strike while the iron is hot. Now, what are they waiting for? What are they waiting for with LA Knight? He beat Sheamus on Friday. Fine, he won the Battle Royal on Saturday. All right, that's two instances in a row. We got two instances in a row. But what are they doing with LA Knight to prove to you that they're going to push him? They haven't done anything. Now, I'll get back to LA Knight in a second. I'll get back to LA Knight creatively in a second. So, this is what The Miz says. Then the fans start chanting tiny balls. LA Knight says he doesn't have a problem with The Miz, but trust me when I say to you, you do not want to make this personal. Miz says, I take this personal. My career is personal. He says he's taken it personal for 20 years. So people predicted he wouldn't last two months. And when he he got kicked out of the locker room, he says he had to make himself indestructible in that locker room after 20 years of accomplishments. He asks what L.A. Knight has done for the last 20 years. 
Well, clearly he wasn't in WWE. Knight said, all right, we're choosing to make this personal. Fine. He says he was scratching and clawing and doing everything he needed to do on the outside looking in as this place bet on all the wrong horses, including you. He says he took a parallel path, a little bit more rocky, but a parallel path. He said the Miz got a 20-year head start because you are safe. He says they knew that when he came in here. They knew that they could smack you around and you were going to take it. The line on me has always been, we're not ready to take a chance on you yet because he's a dangerous man. I'm not to be messed with. That's the difference between me and you, Miz. He said Miz became every single champion he could think of, and good for you. He says he's on the climb while Miz's career is in the toilet. He acknowledged a small Miz chant in the front row, which grew some booze from the audience overall. L.A. Knight stood there and smiled for a little bit. There was a good 30-second pause by L.A. Knight before he went into what he needed to say next. He looked over at these two fans and says, oh, there you go, you got a couple. You got a couple. Look, you gained a couple of fans. Good job. L.A. Knight is so good, man. L.A. Knight says he doesn't mind making Miz a stepping stone to the main event. Miz got red-faced and said he is the main event and Knight isn't on his level. Knight said, that's a really interesting statement because I'm looking you right in the eye. I am on your level, looking at you dead in the eyes. Said Miz can prove him wrong because he isn't going anywhere. Miz yanked off his jacket, threw it at L.A. Knight, started attacking him. He set up for a skull-crushing finale. Knight blocked it and gave him the BFT, the blunt force trauma. Funny part is, when Miz was laying motionless on his back, L.A. Knight took his hand and shook his hand on his own. Now, going back to creatively, I still feel that way. I still think that way. I'm going to continue to think that way until WWE proves me wrong and does the opposite. I know a lot of people, I know you guys in this chat are probably wondering why The Miz, this shit sucks, this is beneath L.A. Knight, The Miz is boring. Let me tell you something, guys, you know, I'm not in the typical over-the-top, ranty, JD-like mood tonight, okay? I got I to gotta level with you. I got to give it to you how it is. This is why people come here. This is why people respect my opinion. The Miz is also a gatekeeper. Just like Brock Lesnar was to Cody, Brock Lesnar was the gatekeeper. Brock Lesnar shook Cody's hand, whether that was planned or not. He shook his hand, put Cody over. He's the gatekeeper. Cody earned the gatekeeper's respect. Now he could walk through the gates and he could ascend to the top of the throne. The Miz is a gatekeeper for WWE. Typically, when WWE wants to get someone in an introductory level, now, I think it's a little bit too late for this, quite honestly. If you're asking me personally, I think this is a little bit too late. I think we're well, we are well beyond this. Like, this is what you do for a newbie. Like, this is what you do for a newbie. I mean, it happened to Champa. The first thing that they did was pair him with the fucking Miz. Everybody was like, what the fuck? How are you going to pair someone, a 20-year veteran, and Tommaso Champa, the greatest NXT champion ever, with the Miz? Everybody was looking at this like, what the fuck are we doing? But the Miz is a gatekeeper. We're past it. This is beneath LA night. I get it. 
but the Miz is a gatekeeper for LA Knight. What else does LA Knight have to do on TV? First of all, we didn't even know, we, we didn't even find out why he was here. He's a SmackDown guy on Raw. That's number one. What was the reason he's on Monday Night Raw? He just showed up out of nowhere? Was he invited? Nobody made mention of it. So logic gap right there. Got to call it out. But what else does LA Knight have to do? They didn't give us anything regarding the Battle Royal. What did the winner of the Battle Royal get? What did LA Knight get for winning the Battle Royal? Zero. Zilch. Nothing. He didn't get a title shot. He didn't get a cash prize. He didn't get a yearly subscription to Salty Meat. Nothing. I would have taken a fucking $25 gift card to Starbucks. Something. He got momentum. He got momentum, pal. But what else does LA not have to do? He's on SmackDown. He can't wrestle for the United States title because that's Santos Escobar and Austin Theory. Santos Escobar more than likely is going to win the United States title. I hope so, at least. Can't wrestle Roman Reigns. That doesn't make sense. He's not beating Roman. What is he doing? Could have feuded with Grayson Waller over there. I thought that would have been a good feud. Maybe. I would have taken Grayson Waller over the Miz for LA Knight. But WWE has nothing for LA Knight to do on SmackDown. He can't wrestle for the Intercontinental title. Clearly, they're going in a different direction. What is LA Knight supposed to do on WWE television? So they put him in a feud with one of the gatekeepers of WWE, The Miz. You got gatekeepers galore in the WWE. Kofi Kingston, right? You got Dolph Ziggler. You got The Miz, Baron Corbin. These guys, everybody who comes up from NXT, not really Kofi Kingston, but he's been there long enough that he's one of the gatekeepers. Dolph, Corbin, you know, Miz, guys like that. As soon as you call somebody up, just pair him with the Miz. As soon as you get called out, ah, Baron Corbin. Cameron Grimes, who was his first feud? Baron Corbin. It's what they do. It's what they do. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. They made it work. They sold me on it tonight. And it's something for him to do. Keeps him on TV. Keeps him in the manfalai of the audience. He'll get a win over The Miz, and he'll prove himself to The Miz. He'll prove himself to management. If he can work with The Miz, he's good enough for us to move him to the next level. But yes, I agree. It's beneath him. We are well beyond this. We don't need this to happen. LA Knight should be moving up quicker than anybody anticipates. But I don't trust the company to do right by LA Knight. I am not ready for them to say, you know what? Hey, we're going to do it. No, I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. So we're going to take this. We're going to play it by ear and we're going to wait it out. And he's going to beat the Miz and then we'll figure out what's going on next. But they sold me on a match. LA Knight, Miz, payback. There you go. I'm all for it. We got a vignette with the Viking Raiders talking about gods. Or the gods. They are gods. Valhalla called for anyone to bring them battle and be sacrificed to the gods. The Viking Raiders are confronted by the New Day. The New Day are back. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods are back. 
They beat the Viking Raiders in five minutes. And this did not go long at all for me to care. The Raiders lose. Xavier landed a top rope flying elbow drop on Ivar. Kofi Kingston did all his usual shit in there. He looked good. He moved around good in there for having a broken ankle months ago. So the New Day is back. They are back in the tag team division, and I like it. I don't mind it. Tag team wrestling needs to be built up in WWE, man. Tag team wrestling You know, I love it. I love tag team wrestling, and the New Day being back only strengthens the tag team division, so that's a win-win in my book. Win-win in my book. Shayna Baszler interrupted a Becky Lynch promo and said that she has a list of names she needs to take care of, and Becky is one of them. Becky looked Shayna in the eye and said, well, I am not that difficult to find. There you go. Rematch from WrestleMania, what was it, 30, 36, maybe, inside the PC, where Shayna should have won. Yeah. Sonia Deville. We got news on Sonia Deville here. She suffered a torn ACL and will be out indefinitely. Sonia Deville, if you are not aware... You might not know. I'm going to fill you in right now. Sonya Deville is one half of the women's tag team champions with Chelsea Green. Now, those titles are going to have to be vacated. I don't know what we're doing with the women's tag team titles, but Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville just won the tag team titles three weeks ago. Sonya Deville was injured in a match with Chelsea Green against Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair, a match that should not have ever been booked. Match should have never taken place. So you can blame Vince for booking a nothing match so that he can give Charlotte and Bianca, can they coexist? Wins before SummerSlam. That's where she got hurt. In a match that should have never even taken place. Blame Vince. So now they have to vacate the titles. I don't know what they're doing with the tag team titles. I'll tell you what they should do with the tag team titles. They should fucking burn them. Absolutely burn them. Retire them and get them off TV. Enough is enough. We've seen enough. They are the most useless. They are the most worthless. They are the most unimportant titles in the entire industry. I'm tired of playing, oh my God, let's get the tag team titles back up to prominence. Let's build some importance around the tag team titles. It is never going to happen They tried and tried and tried and tried, and it's over. I'm tired of beating a dead horse. The horse is already dead. It's been dead. It's been dead since year one. Let's move on. There's no division. There was never any division. And I'm tired of WWE holding tournaments. I'm tired of WWE trying to find teams. I'm tired of WWE piecing together tag teams that aren't really tag teams with fucking scotch tape and Elmer's glue, calling them tag teams, pairing random women up and calling them a tag team. Enough is enough. Get rid of them. They are fucking cursed. Cursed. What WWE needs to do is retire the titles and make a mid-card secondary woman's title. You want something that's going to get across on TV a little bit better and give more opportunities to women. How about we make something along the lines of an intercontinental title for the women? I know that's been discussed in the IWC. 
I've, I've been one of the people to call it out. The fuck are we doing? But what are we going to do? We're going to wait to get Sonia Deville back and have her heal up from a torn ACL? This is going to take seven, eight, nine months for it to come back. I feel bad for Chelsea. But getting rid of the titles is probably more of a benefit than keeping them. Dead. Dead, 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 dead. But WWE's not going to listen. They never do. They're going to parade around these titles thinking that they're important. They're going to try and build them back up again. And what's going to happen? You're going to get them on somebody else. They're going to get hurt. Or you're going to put them on a tag team. It'll be talked about for 30 seconds. And then they'll go right back into obscurity. Tell me when I'm telling lies. Get rid of them. Burn them. In fact, give them to me. I will make good use of them. Seriously. Main event. Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley on the outside against Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, and Cody Rhodes. Another Judgment Day main event. Six-man tag team match. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Shinsuke Nakamura is taking Sami Zayn's place, who was attacked earlier in the night by J.D. McDonough. I like this. We got Raquel Rodriguez attacking Rhea Ripley before this match even took place, man. Raquel Rodriguez took it upon herself, angry that she's not cleared, to go and attack Rhea Ripley on her own. This this fucking company, these people are holding me back from getting my hands on Rhea Ripley. I'm going to do something about it on my own. Fuck these guys. It's exactly what I got out of this, the vibe that I got. This was great. Very vicious, pull-apart brawl. Jason Jordan's out there pulling this shit. Other referees and officials, Adam Pierce is out there yelling at both ladies. They continue to go at each other back and forth. Candice LeRae is getting involved. She gets tossed around by Rhea Ripley. Andy Hartwell gets tossed into the barricade by Rhea Ripley. This was a big Brawl out there before this six-man tag team match. Good stuff. Good stuff. This is what we need, man. Heat. Heat on the women's title and heat in a feud for that women's title. Great. It's like somebody in creative knows how to build fucking heat and intrigue. Wow. How simple. Six-man tag team match. Like I said, man, if you've watched one, you've seen them all. Fans are chanting, Dom's a loser, Dom's a loser. He's plugging his ears with his fingers so that he doesn't have to listen to Minneapolis. Balor dropkick set to ringside or into the ringside barricade. They go to a commercial break. Rollins worked most of this match. Nakamura worked some of this match as well. Cody, he did not work the match up until the end. He makes a hot tag. He kind of hesitated a little bit. He wanted to do it, but he didn't want to do it. To Cody Rhodes, and he gets in there with Balor. That led to a Cody cutter for a two-count on Balor after Dominic broke it up. Nakamura took out Dom. Priest took out Nakamura. Rollins took out Priest. Balor took out Rollins. Round and round and round we go. Priest hit Rhodes from behind with the briefcase. Referee was distracted. Sami Zayn ran in. And attacked Damian Priest with his one good arm. His arm was in a sling. Balor tried using the briefcase, but Rollins super kicked it into his face. That briefcase does not like Finn Balor. Rhodes followed with a crossroads on Balor for the one, two, three. I wonder how that's going to come into play 
This fucking briefcase is the focal point of all of Finn Balor's losses lately. SummerSlam, tonight, what's going to happen next? J.D. McDonough told him to get rid of it. Clearly didn't listen. So the briefcase comes into play and crossroads on Balor by Cody for the one, two, three. Rollins invited Zayn into the ring and all four baby faces celebrated here. Rhodes tried to get Rollins to cheer up and Zayn raised their hands in victory. Rollins shook hands with Cody Rhodes and we got the dynamic duo on Monday night. Can they coexist? There you go. It's not really a can they coexist, but it's a can they coexist at the same time. I don't really give a shit, you know. This is what should have happened months ago, honestly. Cody getting involved in helping ba- helping Seth against Judgment Day and then kind of teasing their own tension. Now we're getting that. So all four babyfaces in the ring celebrating. They all celebrated Nakamura out of nowhere. Drops Rollins with a Kinshasa, and he ju- he's like, he's just gloating and touching himself, and he's happy with his work, and fans are booing him, and he's walking up the aisleway, and that's the way the show goes off the air. Nakamura, I don't know why he attacked Rollins. Hopefully we have a very good reason as to why he did what he did. Nobody knows. But looks like Nakamura and Rollins is going to be your payback world title match. Again, guys, payback was built in one night tonight. You now know the direction for payback. We got LA Knight and The Miz. It's one match. Nakamura, Rollins, Knight and Miz, Raquel Raquel and Daria, Gable, Gunther, Jay versus Jimmy, Io, and something along the lines with Bianca, Asuka, Charlotte. Becky and Trish, maybe. Who knows? Cody versus Dominic. If Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens can go, maybe we get Damian Priest and Dominic Mysterio for the tag team titles. Or Finn Balor and Damian Priest for the tag team titles. While Dominic takes on Cody. At the end of the night, payback was built. At the end of the night, this was a very good Raw. At the end of the night, I'd like to see more Raws like this. At the end of the night, This was a Triple H heavy show with a little dose of Vince. This was like, this was like an old-fashioned. I love me a good solid old-fashioned, man. Old-fashioned is usually two ounces of whiskey of your choice with some bitters and an orange peel and a fucking Luxardo cherry. This was basically two ounces of Triple H And Vince McMahon, all he did was give you the nice cherry on top. That was it. He had a little say in what happened. This was a very Triple H heavy Raw. So I don't really appreciate being called a conspiracy theorist when when I've given you factual evidence and discussed heavily tonight what the difference is between a Raw under Triple H and a Raw under Vince McMahon. Now, is Vince going to be back? Yes. Yes, he is. But let's enjoy it. While he's out with spinal surgery, we may get a nice little build into what I really didn't give much thought into or much interest in. Payback. I thought tonight was a good show. No matter how you cut it, it was a good show tonight. Guys, I appreciate you very much for joining me right here on the show. We are going to get into the Super Chats 
in just a little bit. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of it. I'll be live tomorrow night with my guy Andrew Baydala. TNT Tuesday Night Titans. We are looking at episode number eight. Awesome stuff there. Continue to get those super chats in, guys. I would really appreciate it if you do. Helps me out tremendously. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes. We need 79 more likes for 1,000. Can we get there? Can we get there? Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your free sample. All you need to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Guys, I talk about long-term booking, man. I'm a fan, a big fan of LTB. What if I told you Blue Chew is your official pen and paper to long-term booking in the bedroom? Because that's exactly what it is. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets, man. It's going to help you in the bedroom. It's going to help you when it's time to step up to the plates. You can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No visits to the doctor's office. No awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew is made right here in the U.S. of A., prepared and shipped directly to you in a very discreet package. So if you guys want to benefit from that extra confidence, man, I would urge you give Blue Chew a try. Code JD at checkout. All you guys have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. BlueChew.com. I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Nate, nine months. Let's get into these super chats, guys. Well, it's another Monday, and you know what that means? Monday night sing-along. Yeah, the first hour was uh, a little cringy, man. Mohammed with a $2 Super Chat. This show strips away my passion for pro wrestling. Come on, Mohammed. It wasn't that bad tonight. Michelle with a $2 Super Chat. Who will Dom and Rhea side with, Balor or Priest? I have no clue. That's where the intrigue comes into play. Blurred the Nerd with a $5 Super Chat. I swear the women's tag titles are more cursed than the Detroit Lions going to the Super Bowl. Is it me or does it seem whoever holds the titles gets hurt? Yes. There's only one solution, Blurred. Get rid of them. Captain Solo with 25 months. The Iconics have forever cursed those WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. They are part of it. John Laurinaitis and Bruce Prichard and Vince McMahon are also a part of it. Can't leave them out. 
Blurred the nerd with a $5 super chat. I feel like I'm okay with LA Knight coming to Raw versus The Miz. It's better than throwing him in some match without a storyline. Hollywood star versus the mega star. You get it, Blurred. You get it. I just wish they explained why he was on Monday coming over from Friday. If they have a draft and a brand split and want separate rosters, you need to explain to me what he's doing on Monday when he's a Friday night guy. Michelle versus uh, $2 Super Chat. So now we get Seth and Nakamura and JD, Sammy, Cody. I have no idea. No idea. Said Suka with a $4.99. Yeah, this episode truly shows you the difference between Triple H booking and Vince booking. He was definitely messing in his stuff the past couple of months. Yes. But the thing is, you're never going to get a full, true Triple H experience until Vince is completely gone. Triple H is going to have to work within the boundaries of what, of what Vince still wants. So you're not going to get all Triple H. Triple H is going to book to Vince McMahon's liking. Because Vince McMahon is still in charge. Vince McMahon has the final say. He doesn't want to ruffle the hornet's nest. But tonight was a very refreshing show, to say the least. I would say this was the best Raw this summer so far. Jason, thank you so much again, brother, for the $100 Super Chat. 24 with a $199. Love LA, but Miz brought him back down to earth. No, he didn't. Miz is a great promo. I thought LA Knight stood his own. Dom Wapo with a 199. Good Raw tonight. Felt very Triple H inspired. You guys get it. Joseph King with 18 months. Which one of these guys would you rather have a cold beverage with? BC Amplified or the Sala Monster? Love the show. JD keeps spitting the truth. I've had cold beverages with both, Joseph. I've had beers with BC and I've had many a drink with Jason. Sala Monster. DJ Iffy with a $10 super chat. They are selling the fuck out of that Rhea and Raquel feud. LA Knight feuding with the Miz sounds like a promo off, and Seth Rollins got clapped, and I like it. Also, DJ Iffy becomes a new member. Thank you, DJ Iffy. What the fuck are you drinking, man? Davey with a new membership. Davey, what the fuck are you drinking tonight, brother? Darius with a $10 super chat. No message. Thank you, Darius. Will Chisholm. With a $5 Super Chat. If it's true that WWE is getting Kyrie Sane back soon, I trust Triple H booking her. Reportedly, Kyrie Sane is not due anytime soon and that she will be in this winter. She has prior commitments she needs to take care of. Rich Gamble with 16 months. Thank you, brother. What's going on, JD and OTS family? I thoroughly enjoyed this Triple H Ranch show tonight. More shows like this, please. Darius with a new membership. Thank you, Darius Jones. What the fuck are you drinking, Darius Jones? Welcome. Vincent Tarantini. 15 months. JD is the number one motherfucker in the IWC. Do you think there will be a fuck finish between Gable and Gunther and a rematch that will happen at Fastlane since the record won't be broken? I hope so. 
Let's get Gunther to break the record first, and then we get the the reign ended. Gunther breaks the record. Gable ends the reign. Love it. Sean Ray J. With a $5 super chat, a Triple H-led show just brought my joy back tonight. Happiest I've been since Mania. Colin Barrett. Tons of wrestling, stories. All of it was great. Tribal Chief with a $2 super chat. Cody versus Roman. Only way. OTS for life. All respect, JD. Thank you, Tribal Chief. Cody versus Roman is your main event for WrestleMania 40. How we get Cody to WrestleMania? Is it through the Rumble? Is it through the Chamber? I don't know. Salvatore Soria with a $5 super chat. My idea is one way you get the briefcase off of Damien, have Cody beat him. And that way you can fight Roman. P.S. This is my idea. What do you think? No. Why would Damien Priest ever put the briefcase on the line in a match? That would make him fucking stupid. Wallach Wall with a $9.99. WWE needs to make a compelling story between Gable and Gunther. Gable doesn't need to win the title immediately. He can lose and build his way to the top, which leads to him splitting up with Otis. O-T-S. Uh, I don't know what the story could be, Wallach, but I, I do agree. It needs some sort of story if they're going to at least take it through payback and then maybe beyond that. Sarit Mohanty. Thank you for the donation, brother. Do any WWE executives go to HOG for talent scout? Charles Mason would be a good signing for WWE. Also, do you have any known sources within WWE who can feed you with insider info? No, I do not. And Charles Mason is great. He's an asshole, but he's great. And Charles Mason should absolutely be signed to a major promotion. Ricardo Linnell with a $10 super chat. Petty Lynch was extra sour tonight. Who does she think she is? The Android? Great show. Where are the WWE creative writers in the chat who are stealing your ideas? A la Chad Gable. OTS for life. I don't know. I know I'm not the only one asking for it, though. I'll tell you that. Thank you, Ricardo. Zero Clark. Four ninety nine. I want Honky Tonk Man to keep his record. That makes my pick with him and his belt way cooler. I'm sorry, Zero. That record is all but gone. Fallen Exposure with a $2 Super Chat. Caught the highlights. Great show, bruh. It was a good show tonight, yeah. Lauren with three in Super Chat. Shin Nakamura heel turn. Raw wasn't bad tonight. No, it was not. Lucky Geo with a 499. They need to end the brand split. It has limited the roster so much. Also, would love to see Cody versus Randy once again when Randy is cleared. Great stream, man. Thank you, Geo. Yeah, I miss Randy. Mike NY with the $2 Super Chat. Yankees keep losing, but overall, Raw was fun. I think the Braves lost tonight, too, man. Braves can't win. The Braves can't win on the road lately. I don't know why. I think they lost to the Pirates. Yeah, they lost 7-6 to the Pirates. Huh? Ridiculous. Uh, Lauren with a five. Cash in at Survivor Series. I don't I don't think so. Uh, also, imagine the return of Orton at Survivor Series. Raquel finally has a great opponent. In Rhea Shin finally getting a push. Where's Riddle? Riddle was in a match tonight. 
Zayn injured. Sonya having surgery. Did you enjoy SummerSlam or Raw more? Uh, I mean, they were both decent shows. I mean, it was, they were both good shows. SummerSlam was not, uh, SummerSlam may be the worst pay-per-view of the entire year, but it was still a good show. Anthony Hayes with a $2 Super Chat. Cody wins the Chamber, while Gunther wins Royal Rumble at number one. I would love if uh, Gunther comes out at Royal uh, at number one of the Royal Rumble, man. That would be phenomenal. Hollywood guy with a $5 Super Chat. Did you happen to see the male models on a milk carton? I think Vince threw them away. Who cares? They suck. Uh, 24 of the 199 Shinsuke Nakamura for World Heavyweight Champion. No, thank you. And Lauren with the two. Wish Vince was officially out so Steph can be here. We all miss Steph. Stephanie McMahon, that is, for sure. Guys, that's all I got for you, man. Two hours plus. Hopefully you guys were entertained. Hopefully you got something fulfilling out of tonight's show. I really appreciate you guys being here tonight. This concludes a very busy weekend, and we got another great week of content coming up for you guys, as always, right here on Off The Script. Tomorrow we'll be live with Andrew Baydala, TNT, Tuesday Night Titans. I'll have videos throughout the week for you guys. Keeping you up to date on the news. You guys know the deal, man. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Thank you guys for a thousand likes. I really appreciate it. Go check out all the other videos on the channel. And go check out my sponsor for tonight's show, man. Bluetooth, bluetooth.com, code JD at checkouts. Guys, I'll see you tomorrow night. TNT, Tuesday Night Titans with Andrew Baydala right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.